Happy New Year, friends! I hope that you had a wonderful holiday season and are settling in to the newness of this brand new year. I always love a fresh start to a new year. I love dreaming about the possibilities and wondering what is to come. I don't know about you, but I don't make resolutions. I make goals. And there's a difference to me. There is a difference between I resolve to do something and I just want to learn something new. I want to be something better. I want to strive for something different. And so today on the podcast, this Know Before You Go, we are talking about the goals you are setting for your home and why you need to set them before you go make any purchases, before you go and make any big changes, before you go and quite honestly reset the whole thing. All right, enjoy today's show. How many times have you found yourself at your favorite home decor store, browsing aimlessly for an item to spruce up your space, just to bring it home and then not quite like it, or find that your effort didn't pay off the way that you imagined? That rug you bought? Too big, too small, or too brown? And the curtains? We don't need to go there. Or maybe we do, in this new Tuesday quick tip series, Know Before You Go, brought to you by all the mistakes I've made before, (laughs) and thankfully have learned from. Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I've learned a few things along the way, and definitely made a few mistakes. But I am so excited that you're here learning how you can know before you go. So put down your credit card, grab a notebook and a pen, because you're definitely going to want to take notes. How many of you by this time, this time that you're listening to this podcast, are so over the holiday decorations? You are so over tripping over the ornaments that have fallen to the ground, the pine needles that are piling up underneath the tree, the stuff that is on the mantle, and you are just itching for a brand new start. Is that you? For me, I generally like to refresh my space, not quite before the new year. In fact, I don't think I've ever done it before the new year. This weekend, this weekend, I'm planning on putting away my my Christmas things, saying saying goodbye for another year, and I'm ready for the blank surface. I'm ready for the fresh start, the clean slate. I'm ready for it. And if you're like me, you might be ready for it too, but you also might have the itch for something new. To replace what was Christmas with kind of a new look, a new vibe, a new feel, a new something. Your home might feel something. Is that you? Am I am I hitting the nail on the head here? I know for me, every year, I do get the itch around this time to not necessarily buy something new, but to make a change in my home. And I don't know if it's the cooler weather. I don't know if it's the longer evenings. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's the fresh start of the new year and that freshness being I want something fresh in my home as well, but it hits me every year. And as it's hitting me this year, I'm thinking about how it might be affecting you. And if you are in that same boat, and before you make any changes to your home, I want to encourage you to pause just a second, to put down that credit card and to really attempt some intentionality here. 
We may all be aspiring to have a clean slate, a blank slate, a fresh start. But before we do that, there are three things I think you need to know, think you need to think about before you make those changes, before you pop in the car and head to Hobby Lobby, Home Goods, wherever you're going to find the deals and to bring stuff home. And why would we do that? You're going to hear all about it. <laughs> all right, friends, the hard truth is this. When we eliminate stuff from our homes, when we eliminate Christmas, when we, and eliminate sounds like a negative word. I don't mean eliminate, like, you know, eliminate, eliminate, but when we get rid of it, when we put it away, when we pack it away, when we say, thank you for another great season, we'll see you next November. When we do that, oftentimes we're ready for the next best thing. I think this is learned behavior. I do think that we see it in the advertising, we see it on TV, we see it all over. I don't necessarily think it's innate, but I think because it is so pervasive in our culture, we want that newness and we want kind of the next best thing. And the next best thing for you might be replacing your Christmas pillow with something that's a little bit more wintry or maybe even leading into spring. But before you do that, let's make sure that we are not locking ourselves into a purchase that dictates our plans. Do you remember me talking about that? Sometimes when we make a purchase that is so big, we kind of get locked in. We get handcuffed. We get beholden to this big purchase because it costs a lot. And then all of the design plans around that need to be bent toward that big purchase. Because if you're anything like me, you don't necessarily have several hundred dollars to spare. You don't necessarily have a thousand dollars to spare. So if you go in unknowingly making that big purchase, you can lock yourself in to a situation that is sometimes not irreversible. I don't want to be the negative Nelly here, but really hard to reverse. It takes years maybe to resave. It takes effort to post that big purchase that you now regret on Facebook marketplace and get rid of it. Or, heaven forbid, you need to box it up and ship it back. <laughs> That's the most effort, right? That is, have you ever tried getting the couch parts back into a box that you got from Wayfair and returning it? That's not really a fun time. <laughs> okay, so here are three things to think about before you do that. The first one is to think about last year and to think about how your home served you, how it served you well last year. What did your home do for you in a way that allowed you time and space to really love the people who you share your home with? That is the ultimate goal, right? To create homes where we feel like we can enjoy, relax, and just invest all the time into the people we share our homes with. Whether that is the people who are living with us or the friends we invite into our space and even the little fur babies who take up residence there too. How did your home serve you well? If we go into newness without recognizing what our homes did for us, we're missing a big piece here. We're missing a, we're missing a piece of the puzzle that I think needs to be thought about. Can we show a little gratitude for the ways that our homes, they might not be the way we want it to look, but did they serve us? Did they provide an office space when we were still out of our work office? Did they provide a cozy corner for snuggling deep with the babies when we were reading to them? Did they provide a nice warm roof over our head during that big thunderstorm back in June? What did your home do for you? And can we just offer 
a teeny tiny bit of thanks and gratitude before we decide to land blast it with all the new things. Sometimes when I find that I'm ready for new and I'm ready for change and I'm ready to just tear out the pantry, (laughs) sometimes I find myself, if I'm in that train of thought and I'm running down that path of, and it's not negative thinking, but it is, I want, I want, I want, I want something new. If I'm running down that path and I'm not stopping to reflect on the thing that that pantry, for example, did for me, I'm going to miss the potential for what it can do for me once it's time to make the changes. And if I can't focus on the positive, even if it is just one teeny tiny little thing, if I can't focus on the positive now, I'm not going to be able to appreciate and recognize the positive when I do make those changes. Do you see how that goes? So take a minute before you make any changes and think about the ways, both big and small, that your home served you before making any changes. The second thing is to think about the ways that maybe your home or the room you're working on or the pantry in my case or whatever specific space that you are itching to make that change happen. Think about what you want it to do for you. We've already recognized the good things, but how can we make it even better? How can we change whatever change you're thinking about, dreaming about, planning on? How can we make that change even better? How can it function better for our family? How can it serve us better? How can we make the space meet the needs in a way that they aren't currently meeting? And sometimes this requires thinking outside of the box. Sometimes this requires a second pair of eyes. Sometimes this requires a friend coming over, having coffee, and asking her the questions. Sometimes this requires a phone call, a Zoom call, a FaceTime call. Sometimes it requires someone else getting in your space to take a peek at what it is that you're wanting to change and to be that neutral opinion and a fresh set of ideas. Just recently, I did that for my brother. He needed a little bit of help rethinking his kitchen cabinet storage. And when he first moved into this space, he put things where he thought he should and just to get them off the floor and off the counter and off the table, and he put them away. But as he was thinking about the functionality behind it and wanting to make change, he invited me into this space so that I could help him. And having that extra set of eyes, that extra opinion, that we were able to bounce ideas back and forth with each other so that because it's his space, but he just needed it to function better for him, how we were able to work and partner together in order to make that space more functional. But having that neutral third party, the person who's not living and breathing inside of that space, look at it with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of opinions, a fresh set of ideas in order to allow that space to really meet the needs of the person who is using it daily, that can be really, really powerful. So I encourage you when you are thinking about refreshing a space to really think about how that space is functioning for you currently and how you might want it to perform just a little bit better. Write all of those things down, the goals that you have for that space, and then invite someone else to come in and take a peek at it to see if they can offer any other ideas or insight into the space that you might be missing because you are living it and in it every single day. And the third thing that you can do before you rush out to make those changes is to make a plan. Now we've already done a little bit of pre-work. We've already recognized the ways that our room or our space has been has done a good job serving us. And we've already made a list of the ways that we think it can do better. But there's more to it than that. 
creating an intentional plan is so incredibly important. We've already talked about how sometimes you can be bound or locked in to a design style or a design direction based on a purchase that you made that was not pre-planned. I have seen this so many times and the thing about it is that oftentimes the clients recognize that they are bound to this item. They're bound to it. They're bound to it because it was nice when they bought it. It was expensive when they purchased it. It was good enough when they purchased it. And so why would they change it? Why would they? And leaving it as is can lead to a whole array of, I don't want to say problems, but then decisions to be made. It can lead to being a bully in the room. It can lead to making further decisions going down a design path that you just don't want to go down. If you have a mission style table, for example, and now you're realizing mission style is absolutely not the style you're going for, you might now be bound to this thing because it cost you $1,200 and it may have. And what an investment and an opportunity that was, but now you're beholden to it. And that can be really frustrating. And that can be a point of contention that I often see with couples when they are working to think about updating their space. One person is beholden to this thing that was perfect in its prime and it cost a lot then, but now we need to design around it. And that can be very incredibly frustrating. So note to self, before you make any purchases, before you make any big purchases, before you make any investment piece purchases, think about creating a plan. Oftentimes we'll do this without even knowing it when it comes time to refresh little things like things that we might put on a mantle, things we might put on a bookshelf, pillows we put on a couch or throw blankets, but those are a little bit easier to correct. The $25 price point or even the $100 price point can sometimes be easier to correct than say the expense that we put into the cost of the table. So how do you do that? How do you make a plan for a purchase other than saving the money? Because we all know how to do that, right? And we can come up with ideas for even how to save our pennies for when we can make that big change. But sometimes the change that you want to make isn't so big cost-wise. It is just a refresh that is kind of like dominoes. So how do you plan for that? Friends, you start with learning your aesthetic. That is what you do. Making sure that you are solid on understanding what it is your unique design style is. And if you're not sure, pay attention to design elements that you gravitate to over and over and over again start there. And if that's not enough, if you're still not able to figure it out in my online design Academy, I have a course that is designed to help you understand what your design aesthetic is, your unique design style. It's called pinning with a purpose. And we use Pinterest in order to do that. Now, this is not just a course where we say, okay, go have fun on Pinterest. You are literally a student of design, learning all the things that learning the ways that you are able to finally understand what your unique design style is. Now, spoiler alert, this pinning with a purpose is one module within my bigger home design 101 course. So if you're planning on doing that in the spring, because the winter session is now closed, if you're planning on taking home design 101 in the spring, you don't need that because you'll get it in home design 101. Once you can name all of the design elements that make up your unique design style, 
You can then go back to the room the way that you think that it's functioning for you, the way that you hope that it will function for you, and you can put those design elements within the room. And you can think about the ways that your room is or isn't represented there with those design elements and start formulating your plan that way. But not only that, does your home or your room that you're wanting to refresh have a feeling word or does it have a theme associated with it? And if it does, are the design elements that are part of your aesthetic pointing back to the theme and the feeling word? Do you see how this is multi-layered creating a plan? It's multi-layered, it's multifaceted, and something that we dive really deep into in Home Design 101. And then, of course, you want to think about your color palette. I know, I know, there, there really are, this is a multi-layered onion, isn't it? And some of you might be sitting there scratching your head thinking, oh, this sounded really, really good until now all of this. <laughs> that feels maybe above my head. And friends, it, it, it might. In a podcast being delivered to you in 15 minutes, it might be. Is it learnable? Absolutely, because it is teachable. But the bottom line is think intentionally before running out, making the purchase so that you're not beholden to that design element as you move forward in that room refresh. Make a plan and be intentional. Now, friends, you have a lot to think about here. What action steps can you take today and what support do you need? I have a couple options for you. The first option is to send me an email at figandfarmathome at gmail.com and get on the wait list for the spring session of Home Design 101. That class isn't going to be starting until April, but you can get on the wait list now to make sure that you have a spot waiting for you. The second idea is for you to book a decorating SOS call. It's a one hour conversation that is directly intended to create a plan for you with the first three action steps to get you started in the room refresh that you want. You get pointers for how to understand what your aesthetic is. You get ideas for how to understand what purpose you have for the room and what you want the room to do for you. And you get a clear plan with action steps for what to do next or where to even start. The link to book that call will be in the show notes. All right, friends, as you get started on this new year, the first week of the brand new year, I hope that you were able to reflect on the way that your home served you well last year, really be intentional about the way that you want it to serve you better this year, and to be deliberate and intentional about making a plan. And until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.